Hello, and welcome to episode 220 of the End Focus podcast. I am your irregular host, Andrew Brown, and we are joined this week by our regular co-host, Rosalie, the little record girl. Hello. Hello. Kind of pressed for time this week, so let's just jump right into it with our latest Nintendo news. Now, Harvest Moon is a very popular series, and we are fortunate to have our two Farm Sim fans on the show this week, so we can have a decent conversation about this, I think. Uh, The problem with Harvest Moon, if you don't know the uh, ridiculous story, is the developer and the person who owns the name Harvest Moon are actually two different corporations uh, in the West. So we have not had the Harvest Moon series on the Super NES app and the Nintendo 64 app and now the Game Boy app because Natsume owns the name Harvest Moon and Marvelous, who is the developer, uh, owns the rights to the games. We just assumed that was the way it's going to be. But we have since learned in the past week that Harvest Moon Back to Nature is coming to PS Plus Premium. So what's the holdup on Nintendo? (laughs) Would you play these games if they were on the app? Because I I know I certainly would. I think the only one I've actually played is one of the Game Boy Advance ones. But I really, really enjoyed it. And I've always wanted to go back and properly delve into it. Mm Because I love Stardew Valley and it's where the influence for that came from. But yeah, I'm probably... I have PlayStation Plus, so I'll probably have to do that for now. (laughs) Well, the Game Boy Advance ones actually did get a remake on Switch, which is available. It would be nice to have just the originals there. Mm -hmm. But I'm even looking as far back as uh, the original Game Boy Harvest Moon games, which was actually the first Harvest Moon game I played. The reason I love Farm Sim so much is because (laughs) of Harvest Moon Game Boy 1, which was just a a really basic black and white Farm Sim. It it didn't even have marriage in it. You you just, you farmed. That was all you (laughs) did. And they did put out Harvest Moon 2 on Game Boy, which I believe was the first Harvest Moon game where you could actually pick the player character's gender. So there's there's something to look at in those games. Yeah. And I'm really I'm really annoyed that they're not there, although I I'm being kind of adversarial with this cuz you know it's on PS Plus. <laughs> but there's actually this is actually good news cuz if it's coming to PS Plus Premium, then it could come to Nintendo. Mhm. I just I hope it does. <laughs> yeah, I made the mistake of playing one of the ones that was under the different name so i assumed it would still be good and it really it was not good (laughs) well the real quote-unquote real harvest moon games are called story of seasons now yeah and and natsume has continued to make their own farm sim games under the name harvest moon but they are mobile quality games at best in in the worst sense of the term (laughs) i i have a few of them but i've i've never played them (laughs) i've got other farm sims that uh, deserve my attention far more so just just be careful out there listeners uh if you are interested in farm sims uh don't be fooled by the pedigree of the name harvest moon Mm. because the harvest moon games that are out there now gamecube i think was the last time that there was harvest moon that was harvest moon if you're looking for the harvest moon series now it's called story of seasons so hopefully those will show up soon let's move on with what we played this week I'll start with Grammarian Limited because it's going to be quick. Uh, this was the grammar-checking game. You play as a recent college graduate who has a computer degree and is very excited to get a job as a, a janitor. It, it's a weird dystopian future tech story, but it, it doesn't do a very good job of selling its weird dystopian future. The dystopian future in this case is this mega corporation that's obsessed with grammar, and there are penalties if you write with bad grammar. So the solution is this same mega corporation will correct people's grammar for them. They have people they actually pay to do this. So it's a future tech dystopia where the corporation in charge will actually prevent you from being arrested by the future tech dystopia police. Like I said, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not a great game in terms of premise, but I, I thought it would be fun uh, just to do the grammar lessons and maybe brush up on my English skills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's literally a grammar textbook in this game, which is interesting in some ways. I, I would have loved to have seen the credits so I could find out where they got this from, but I couldn't get to the credits because... After a while, I started encountering solutions that were just wrong. I'm positive oh, they're no. wrong. I, I know I'm good enough at the writing to know 
what grammar is. And some of the solutions they were telling me were wrong. And then I got to, I don't know, fairly late on into the game. I I'm hope I'm close to the end. It started asking me to solve things without giving me clear directions of what it was expecting of me. So I just, I just quit playing, because I just got too annoyed with it. <laughs> it takes a lot to make me quit a game. Grammarian Limited got me there. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Don't play this game. It'll just make you feel dumb because its <laughs> answers are wrong. It's got this really wordy grammar textbook in there that I still want to know where they got it from. And solutions are wrong. And then after a while, they just they quit even clearly asking what they want you to do in each level. So forget that game. <laughs> All right. Uh, the big release this week was Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which I was really excited to play, but my order didn't get delivered on time, so only Rosalie has played it. <laughs> Go ahead and tell us about Theater Rhythm, Rosalie. Yeah, play that I have. My hours on it are quite high for a game that came out quite recently, <laughs> but I love music rhythm games, so that's to be expected. So it is another game in the series. We had the previous one we had was on the 3DS, uh, Curtain Call, mm. I believe it was called. And there's also a uh, Kingdom Hearts one out that's on Switch. That uh, it's not as good. Yeah, but it, it's it's very clearly made with uh, theater rhythm in mind because it does have the theater rhythm style characters on the loading screens oh yeah and there was in japan i think they get ones they had they have dragon quest ones which we never got Aww. localized uh yeah i, I was kind of hoping that maybe we'd get some of the songs as dlc but they haven't said anything so i'm like oh but there's still a lot of dlc for this mm -hmm. i'll get this out of the way um there are some very famous final fantasy songs which are behind the deluxe paywall Oh, how dare they. And it's a bit rubbish because it is Melodies of Life from Final Fantasy IX, which is like the vocal track mm. of that game, one of my favourites, to Xanarkand, which is like the, <laughs> the most famous Final Fantasy X song. Isn't that the Final Fantasy X main theme? Yeah. <laughs> and Eyes on Me, which is the vocal number from Final Fantasy VIII. So that's a bit yeah. rubbish because they're some of the f most famous, well, well, maybe they're not the most famous Final Fantasy songs, but they're up there. For us, you have to pay another £25 just for that. I think you do get other stuff <sighs> with that, but I... Uh. I was going to pay anyway for the extra stuff, so I'm not too mad about that, but that does really suck for people who weren't already bought into the whole thing. Yeah, I, I might give in because it comes with lots of other stuff, and I, I didn't appreciate how... Uh, I don't want to use the word addictive, that's really boring. Just how into this game in the series I would be. I can't really remember how it differs from Curtain Call, but I, I've had already put a good lot of hours more into this one. You basically, you can play through each Final Fantasy game and a lot of the spin-offs um, mm -hmm. and you kind of go through this like, kind of little open world and it kind of puts oh. the tracks in order of oh, okay. what happens in the game, kind of. And then when you unlock them, it unlocks it in the free play as well. That kind of sounds like how the Kingdom Hearts melody of memory works. Yeah. In a theater rhythm curtain call on 3DS, like there was like a single song play mode. That's what you started with. That was all you could do was you could just pick one song at a time. Oh uh, yeah. And then after a while, you kind of unlocked a dungeon mode, which would uh, randomly select songs and also difficulties, and you had to play through like these dungeons in that order. And that was what I actually put most of the time in, just because you know it was basically a random playlist mode. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like how it's done this way because it kind of makes you like play through like all mm -hmm. of it. See if you're playing through Final Fantasy VII. At the start, a few songs in, you'll get a chest and you'll get a key, and then you can use that key to then op like open up another Final Fantasy game to play. Mm. There's like a progression there. It's actually making you go through all the games, and I like that because it. I think that's what's making me not put it down really quickly. Right. And also it's just kind of fun because I'm like, well, oh, what, what Final Fantasy game I'm going to unlock next? Obviously my favorite ones. <laughs> but then sometimes <laughs> I haven't because I want to save them for like later. So I've gotten that like, this is probably not new, but I hate Final Fantasy 13 and I hate Final Fantasy 15. So I was like, well, I'll unlock them, get them out of the way because the music, I'm not a huge fan of the music too. And then I can save, you know. 10, 9, 6, 7, 8, <laughs> you know. If you played me any tracks from 13 or 15, I would have no idea. I have no idea what the yeah. music in this game sound like. I have no memory of them. The Battle System track is great. It's still great, but even to play it in this wasn't that fun. You can make a team with all the kind of chibi characters, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. but you can actually assign them moves and spells that are actually from their game specifically. Yeah. So Cloud can learn his limit breaks and Aerith can have Great Gospel, which was her um, level four limit break and things. As long as you're doing well throughout the stage, they will attack the monsters. Yeah. There'll be objectives where like, you have to actually kill the boss because sometimes you won't because you'll need to maybe level up a bit and you can get items where you can level up. It's more just like a background thing. There's not a lot actually because you're just playing the music, but it's yeah, it's a nice little addition because it makes you feel like you're doing more than you actually are. And you can also have Nara like a little Moogle and you can unlock different outfits for him. So I've got him in a little Tombury outfit and then you can have an airship and all the airships are from like obviously specific games. So I have the Final Fantasy IX one because that's one of the most iconic ones for me, the Hildegard. And you can make your own teams and then, but sometimes if you're on a specific, like if you're playing Final Fantasy fourteen, it says... The objective here is to complete the song with the characters from 14. Oh, wow. Okay. So sometimes you have to actually change your team up a bit. But that's, you know, it's cool. It actually makes you do that instead of just sticking to your yeah. favorite characters the entire way through. Makes me it out a bit. Like, uh, I only changed characters in uh, Final Bar Line when, I think when they're at the level cap. Or yeah. When, when there was just nothing more I could do with them. That was the only time I changed off them. And then I just switched to another final fantasy 7 or 9 characters <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> i mean i won't lie i mostly use seven characters because seven is like my favorite game but i've mm-hmm. i've tried to you know vary up a little bit and then i have one that's like all oh, my favorite girls so it's like Aerith and you know and things i like that it's making you like do things like that you can also unlock artwork for your player card which is kind of mm. like you know your little online profile, which is actually quite cute. You can change like the header in the background. I think in the Kingdom Hearts game had something similar. It might have. I didn't pay any attention. <laughs> <laughs> and it just has all your stats in it. And when you play with people online, or if your friends come over and they have their Switch, you can like swap each other's player cards. And it's just a nice little addition that they've put in. But yeah, you can unlock like some official artwork to change it up. So right now I have. Uh, Renoa from Final Fantasy VIII and I think it's from one of the Dissidia games because it's obviously a lot better than some of the actual art came out for that game <laughs> at the time uh, or you can have like you know the actual theatre rhythm art for the character you can unlock cards as well so there's like a card collection you can get them through online or just through playing the stages it's just there just for an extra bit of fun um, if you're a completionist it's there's a lot of them so just be prepared for that but the coolest thing yeah, yeah is the online mode it's super fun. There's four of you to a, an online match. You each pick a song. So whoever makes the room sets what the difficulty of the songs will be. Mm. You can load in your team, but whoever is your main character for your team, that will determine what the things you can say are. The online functionality of being like, hi, let's go, let's do this. So depending on who let's it is. mosey. Yeah, it'll be to something from the game your character is from. <laughs> I think that's really, really cute because, you know, there's like so many iconic Final Fantasy characters. But then you get like Vincent and he just says like something really depressing. <laughs> and you're like, great, thanks, Vincent. Does the Warrior of Light just speak in all asterisks? Oh, I haven't picked him. I don't know. He might. <laughs> when they put it together, it's obviously they knew what they were doing because some of them are yeah. like, that's directly taken from the game, whether it can make sense or not. And I, I, you can always get a little chuckle depending on what pops up. It's great. I don't think Cloud says Let's Mosey, though. Oh, come uh, on. Is there a more iconic line than Let's Mosey? I know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> and it, I'm sure there is. I just enjoy mocking Cloud for saying yeah. that. Edith doesn't say, this man are sick, and I wish she did. But I think they kind of want to pretend that the bad translation never yeah. existed. Yeah. I think they did fix that in the Final Fantasy VII port on Switch. I, I kind of remember that being fixed. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me sad because it's, it's, I, I like having the kind of weird stuff in there still. <laughs> but yeah. Um, when you play online, you can select if you want to have bursts or not. To my knowledge, you just they just happen if you're doing well. And it's just like moves that kind of put off the other player. But you can set a room where they're not there if they're annoying you. But they do make it a lot more fun. They'll be like one of the massive chocobos will just sit there so you can't see some of the things really well so you're you know you're gonna start playing badly or it's just little things like that and it kind of just makes it fun and then whoever comes in first gets to pick uh, the card that they want to win and then it kind of goes in order of who was second and some of them are revealed and some of them aren't i've put in so many hours in the online and i'm actually doing well but i'm only on expert <laughs> so i think expert is the difficulty i played on i wish i could yeah. remember what the names of the difficulties are but i remember like there are a bunch of different difficulty levels and i know like the the first couple ones they're just too slow for me and then when you go too high for me when i go too high 
there are just too many notes. I can't <laughs> keep up. I probably I can do it if I practice. I'm sure if I put as much time into theaterism as I've sunk into Guitar Hero, I could <laughs> yeah. do it no problem. I just haven't done that yet. But yeah, I, I, I'm just in that mid difficulty where it's just like the perfect balance of speed and the number of notes it doesn't feel like anything's being left out mm-hmm. and i don't feel like i'm just sitting there waiting for the next note to come yeah the first difficulty in this i think it's called standard but it, it it's obviously the easy one because it's just mm-hmm. it's too easy and it's really boring and i think when you get to expert and ultimate i think it's the one after that it that's when right. it actually feels like you're actually playing what they intended the song to be like and it's so much more fun even if you increase the difficulties each song still then has a difficulty which is actually really helpful but i've still not managed to do one on the hardest one because it's just like <laughs> oh my it's for the diehards and i'm okay at music rhythm games but not that good <laughs> it's also cool as well you can toggle when you're playing either is it called standard or is it called sim- i think it's called simple mode and it basically means that you mm. can play the entire game without just kind of pressing one or two buttons. Well, that was how it worked on 3DS. Like, yeah. You just used the circle pad and, and any button you wanted. You pressed any button you want and that would count. Like that's that's what's really different from theater rhythm from Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory was it actually mattered in Melody yeah. of Memory what buttons you pushed. And theater rhythm is like, it's just one button. Like it, The interface can be a bit confusing if you don't know how the game plays mm-hmm. and you're watching a video because it does show like four different notes coming at you. Mm-hmm. Y- you might think that the, each note is assigned to a different button, like unless they've changed it, which I hope they haven't. No. And, yeah, it's not. It's just you press one button, even though there's four different tracks on the top screen. You press one button and that's that's how you keep in time. The only thing yeah. I can't... I don't think was in the 3DS one. I could be wrong because it was so long ago. Is that you have mm. there's some moves where you have to flick the joystick, but you can use either one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that was in that too, right, okay. and that was definitely the hardest. Yeah, <laughs> when you had to uh, press the joystick direction or a circle pad on the yeah. 3DS. Oh yeah, they it, were in awful. the same in the same moment you press one of the buttons, which could become quite intense yeah. that was why i couldn't really do the highest difficulty was i just i couldn't keep up with the the uh directionals but what's cool is that you can play through the entire game like with a friend so it's like a pair setting mm-hmm. and it splits up the phrases so you'll do a phrase and they'll do a phrase and sometimes they're together and so i've played through most of 14 with my partner because he's played through all of 14 the online uh, game and that's the one that he knows so i was like you know <laughs> He's only played two Final Fantasies, that and ten. So I was like, I'm gonna use this. I know, I'm I'm gonna get and play through all no, of them I, one day. I'm just like, fourteen doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> you can call it. You say that, but everyone I know that's played it who doesn't like MMOs have said it's like one of the greatest Final Fantasies we've played. But that's like a I'm whole different. I'm sure it's a great MMO. It should not be a numbered Final Fantasy. That's well, they already did my, eleven that's as my... well. I know. No, don't get me started. <laughs> but um, we played through all of it um, on one of the ha- harder difficulties together, and it's a lot of fun. And my partner has, I don't think, apart from Guitar Hero, has never played another music rhythm game, which I think just shows how fun this one is. Mm-hmm. And I think you can have up to four people playing in your, if you're like local co-op. I'm not entirely sure. I'm going to test it out when I have some of my Final Fantasy friends over which is like all of them <laughs> oh, it's just been an utter delight there's a lot of dlc coming out for it and i mean like a lot a lot yeah there's like chrono trigger stuff there is uh, and yeah. near stuff which i actually might get because the soundtrack to the one that you near, played is great yeah near automata has a great soundtrack yeah. saga romance saga i've never played any of them so i'm like mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't probably won't recognize the tunes but there's a lot coming which is actually kind of cool i'm hoping maybe the ed kingdom heart stuff they probably won't because they might do a sequel it, to the yeah that has its own game where they already did the entire series so i seriously doubt yeah. kingdom Hearts stuff will show up i kind of hope they'll do it. oh they're adding um the world ends with you music which is kind of mm-hmm. cool because they don't usually acknowledge that series that often even like down to like the menu once you swap player cards sometimes the teams of the people you've played against will pop up on your screen and be like hello and say their little phrases and it's just it's so good that i might actually buy the playstation one too just to have the trophies <laughs> i'll probably get that one when it's uh cheap yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a final fantasy game but surprisingly well i, I can't 
speak too much for it because we haven't seen it happen yet. But that Kingdom Hearts game, you know, it's a Kingdom Hearts game. It's a rhythm music game, but mm-hmm. it's still a branded Kingdom Hearts game. I see that thing going for eight bucks all yeah. the time. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Theater of the Men's up in the same place. And That's if that true. does, I will buy that for PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. If you love Final Fantasy, and even if you're bad at music rhythm games, I'd still get it. It's it's kind of, It feels like a perfect handheld game mm-hmm. as well, because obviously the other ones are on were on the 3DS and everything. It's primarily like a handheld yeah. series. And I, I, I'm really glad that they didn't feel the need to update the graphics because mm-hmm. it's on like technically a big console platform now mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad it still looks like the 3ds game it's fun to play on the uh, docked on the tv but m- it was a bit more painful in the eyes <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't know why my tv's like maybe a 55 inch i don't know if that played a part in that at all but i was like oh the, my eyes and everything was you know when you look away and like things start moving to the the way that the game moves and everybody has those giant just unblinking blue yeah. eyes <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just it's just been a lot of fun like I, i'm i'm just excited to pick it up again because i'm probably going to spend most of today playing it too jealous yeah i am a final <laughs> fantasy nerd so obviously like yeah. that, that's a part of it but i think uh, it's primarily a final fantasy fan service game it's yeah. technically a sequel to dissidia which is like yeah. the final fantasy fan service game it, it's kind of gotten lost that it's a dissidia sequel at this point i think mm-hmm. but that was the oh, original yeah. theater rhythm was very explicitly a sequel to the final fantasy fighting game dissidia <laughs> yeah but they're probably not going to make a good one of them ever again so <laughs> I-, I want them to re-release the original dissidia on switch so I, I loved that game duodecim wasn't as good but i'd take it too but yeah. anything after duodecim i just i don't acknowledge it exists no don't <laughs> terrible well we should move on mm-hmm. because i know we are we're pressed for time and we still have a fairly large game to talk mm-hmm. about uh both rosalie and i have played crisis core reunion the final fantasy 7 prequel remaster that mm-hmm. came out last december uh, we both have had experience with it on psp so we're fairly experienced with it i kind of hoped that i would have a better time with this game than i did when i played it on psp because i didn't dislike it on psp i don't dislike it here but i i I wanted to like it more. Mm. I ended up not liking it more. <laughs> when I played it on PSP, uh, the ending just felt so drawn out. Like, the story was over, and it just kept going. Uh, and I kind of gave up on it and quit playing for a few months. Then when I came back and sat down and actually played it and found out there was, like, only two hours left, I stuck with it this time. I just I stuck with it no matter how annoyed I was getting. <laughs> and uh, I, I finished it that last, like, couple-hour stretch <laughs> i managed to pull it off but I, I still didn't enjoy it anymore i i still think this is a fairly weak weak game weak story the gameplay is all right but it can get a little boring but th- mm. those are my general thoughts how are you feeling about it because i know you're playing it much more you're really going for 100 percent. yeah i don't know why i was so i've got the ps5 version just to get out there and i was like you know what i'm gonna platinum it and I'm regretting it, but I'm still going to do it out of principle. <laughs> I did play it on Switch. I can vouch for its performance yeah. on Switch. So okay, we're, we're, we're covered. Yeah. It's all right if you played it on PS5. I mean, the only performance jarring thing I noticed is that the cutscenes were still the PSP cutscenes. Yeah. There's a lot of artifacting. It's very noticeable. Yeah. So, like, I mean, they still were look cool, but then you see the kind of older looking models where Zach looks a bit weird and you're like, <laughs> yeah. what? It's definitely of its time, even as like a remaster, because obviously handheld games then they like to split things up into little segments. So that's why you have all those mm-hmm. really repetitive missions that are all in the same areas, and there's like hundreds of them. And, and they only take a few minutes to do. Like, yeah. And it still feels that way. It feels like, oh, this is something I'm expected to whip out when I have five minutes free on the mm-hmm. bus. This is not something that I'm really meant to be sitting in front of a tv committing my entire day to yeah i kind of wish they maybe added new areas or just did something Mm. more interesting with it because that it's like constantly like we used to be a psp game and i'm like yes i'm now fully aware of that fact all the fmvs that play in the middle (laughs) of battles which that was cool on psp because you couldn't do that on a handheld before now it's just like oh my gosh can you just the x x Stop yeah. playing an FMV. <laughs> Although to 100% it, like, you need to see all of them. So yeah. fun times. It's Yeah, it's a weird thing because at the time it was like amazing because 
if I remember correctly, this was the, f- apart from Advent Children, which is the Final Fantasy VII movie, mm. uh, this was like one of the first newer Final Fantasy VII things. So it was um, like, oh, you get to see Cloud, but he's like, you know, not some <laughs> polygons and he looks cool. So that was like the main attraction to it then. I think this was actually one of the last compilation of Final Fantasy VII was things it? that came out. I I, I think Dirge of Cerberus it's, it's, was afterwards, or maybe it was been first. So yeah. long. Dirge of Cerberus was a PlayStation Two game, so I'm pretty sure that it came out first. Huh. I don't remember the exact timeline, but there was Advent Children. Then later there was Advent Children Complete. Yeah, because you know it's Square Enix; they got to do that stuff <laughs> even when it's freaking movie. <laughs> there was Before Crisis, yeah. which was a mobile game that only ever came out in Japan. I'd yeah. love to see that get ported and localized. It- and Dirge of Cerberus, which we talked about, but uh, but Crisis Core was like the big one. It was mm-hmm. the one that was widely acknowledged as the best of the the compilation games, which uh, I already said that I didn't really care for it too much. So that kind of says something right there. <laughs> I liked Dirge of Cerberus. That is a mouthful, uh, mm-hmm. mainly though because Steve Bloom was Vincent and. I'm a big Cover Bebop fan, so I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is a weird thing where Final Fantasy VII is my favourite game ever. And I like when there's new things for it. But at the same time, it does kind of ruin the original story. Because I'm like, these characters weren't here. And they kind of make it less cool. Even though they're they're not too bad. Like, Angeal, he's alright. And they're probably... Angeal's super bland. Yeah, and they also kind of reuse some of the plot of seven they just like copy and paste it but related to a different character this is also a thing i don't know everyone probably knows this is listening but they might not is that the character genesis was based on the japanese musician rock star gact mm-hmm. and he was voiced by gact and he looks like gact it's a bit jarring because it's very obviously meant to be him <laughs> and it's like look at this famous person we got in our game it feels weird that he's now kind of part of the canon of Final Fantasy 7. I did not like Genesis. Yeah. And honestly, like to go to your point of like it feels like like they're inserting things into Final Fantasy 7. Mm-hmm. Like Zack was in Final Fantasy 7. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fine. Yeah. Like that he's a super spoiler character if you haven't played Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't be surprised if you don't know who Zack is, but he's there all along. He's part of the story mm-hmm. and like how exactly he ties in is like a super spoiler at the end of the game. So <laughs> just play the game. And Cloud is there. Great, fine. And uh, Sephiroth is a big part of it. Anytime Angeal and Genesis were on screen, which is most of the game, because Genesis is kind of the primary villain, but he's, mm-hmm. he's such a lousy villain that he's not really. I, I, I just, I did not, I didn't care. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. And like, you would think this is like, this is the prequel to Final Fantasy VII. One of the chapters is just the Nibelheim mission, which is like the big backstory mm-hmm. without getting too much into Final Fantasy VII. Like you would think that would be the bulk of the backstory is the Nibelheim mission and how Cloud and Zack and Sephiroth all tied into that and what went on around it. Nope, that's a very short, very quick one chapter of a 10 chapter game. The rest of it is about this guy named Genesis who just walks around reciting just terrible poetry <laughs> terrible yeah. poetry there's this epic poem in in game called uh, loveless yeah. which we know a few things about it we know it was never finished there's no third act to loveless so nobody knows how it ends genesis just recites it all the time like if you have the subtitles on and his subtitles are in italics which is most of his dialogue <laughs> he's quoting loveless and it is just bad poetry and it means nothing (laughs) and it means nothing doubly because it's an epic poem in universe that is unfinished and we only see excerpts from it so we are hearing out of context excerpts from a fictional poem that is unfinished (laughs) and also i'm gonna take a breath because i am so (laughs) (laughs) also a a ridiculous idea what were you thinking uh, square enix (laughs) are really into it because okay, this game's not on the Switch, but they then made another actual seven character, Jessie. Her backstory in the remake is that Mm. she was in the play. Uh. And I'm like, just 
just stop because in the original game you just see there's some graffiti that has a poster that says loveless on it <laughs> and i think that's literally what the origins are they were like oh we should like make this more of a thing it's like no you shouldn't have it's rubbish <laughs> that's kind of what i'm terrified for in the final fantasy 7 remake trilogy is they're going to start uh, yep. inserting more genesis garbage into it because honestly i do not care yeah. square enix <laughs> and it's a shame because when we just had seven and that's all we had everyone i knew loved zach zach even though he's he's in it and he's not i'm not gonna he's spoil stuff he's like he's one of the most important characters yeah he's in it for like five minutes yeah and everybody wanted to see more of him and he is he's not annoying in crisis core he is cool to see him but i i do i yeah i also don't like the genesis and NGL stuff <laughs> but what the cool thing is it is cool being like in the shinra like hq again and it's like an office building it's, yeah it's super boring it's not like in the game where you're raiding it and it's like a dungeon and there's all these puzzles to solve uh, although there is like a little exhibition area and you go in and it's like this is all the stuff that shinra's made yeah. and there's a lot of wee easter eggs where it's like the car from seven mm. that you do the raid and i was like oh that's kind of cool and there's lots of little Easter eggs and things. I like this game. I don't love it. I like it. But at the same time, like it's just that whole thing where Final Fantasy VII I love and I kind of wish that's just what the story was. I'm at mm -hmm. least thankful that I was worried this was going to be like... This isn't a spoiler, but the original PSP game, it ended with like a tech demo of the intro to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And then it said like to be continued. <laughs> that, and it was, yeah, that was what kind of kicked off all the Final Fantasy VII remake rumors, yeah, I think. Yeah. It's because they, they remade the opening cutscene to Final Fantasy VII in like what was then, you know, <laughs> Advent Children quality graphics. Yeah, and it was cool. And I was like, whoa, cool. And I was really worried that this would tie into the remake because this is a remake <laughs> reunion is actually a remake 7r is. is not a remake it was marketed as a remake it was a reimagining and that uh, i'm still i'm always going to be annoyed about that i will never <laughs> shut up about that that is my cross to bear um and i was like no there's gonna be stupid ghosts in this that like change something there isn't <laughs> The only thing that changed, I think they made his, the Buster Sword look more like the one in the remake. But mm. I looked up interviews and things and they said, no, this is still part of the original Seven. Yeah. But, but then that technically also makes this still on a, a different timeline or something. They didn't change it, so I'm happy. I think there's maybe like something else, like a, a Moogle design has changed a bit as well. The Moogle summon, they did change it from what I've read. They yeah. updated it to what the Moogles look like in the Final Fantasy VII remake, which apparently a lot of people aren't happy with that redesign. I, no. didn't, get, I didn't get a real good look at this Moogle because the summon animation doesn't really let you see it very well. No. We talked about this when Reunion was announced in a direct last year. Or mm -hmm. When it was announced. It might not have been a direct, but anyway. how they, they, they seem to carefully avoid calling it a remake, I think, to avoid associating it with the Final Fantasy VII Remake because it's certainly building itself off the fumes of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm -hmm. It's got graphics that are more in line with the Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I don't think it's actually part of it. No. I, re I really hope not because, you know, Genesis does get away at the end of this thing. He hangs around, and, like, and they never really made more games in the compilation, so he never, they never paid off on that. But that's why I'm worried he's going to show up in the remake. Uh, <laughs> and the next one is actually the the Nibelheim disaster as well, or allegedly mm. is. Oh. Yeah, that that is the worst part of Crisis Core for me is when you're on the Nibelheim mission, like you know that iconic scene from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> then Genesis shows up. Genesis was not there. I yeah. played Final Fantasy VII. He wasn't there. <laughs> Give me a break. The the best bits. So we're not just like slagging off the best bit is when you go see Aerith they do have really good chemistry and it's really mm -hmm. cute to see her to see more of her because obviously she's such an important character if anyone doesn't know she's my favorite video game character of all time so whenever she's in things I'm like yes I want more of you and it's cute the mini games in their bits are really annoying but you don't have to do them unless you want to 100% it? Oops. I don't remember any mini games. <laughs> oh, there's like a perfume one. There's like. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, then there's I'd, the carts I'd, and things. Um, I, I tried those and I just I didn't feel like just 
trying over and over to do it the best yeah it's 100 yeah. percent. you have to do all three of the mini games and the perfume on you have to do get a perfect result like twice or yeah. three times in a row and then it's a whole thing but i like when they meet and a lot of their dialogue some of it is like oh that's what they say in seven but some <laughs> of it isn't they handle those bits well they're nice to see they make you have all these like no and then you realize what's going to happen later and you're like oh <laughs> Yeah, I try. I didn't think about that too much. I enjoyed just seeing Aerith as just like a regular person yeah. in this one, kinda. Like she's obviously special. She <laughs> she doesn't fit in in this slum, but she still seems ordinary enough. The game is not at all concerned about her status as the yeah. chosen one, which definitely like in the se- the sequel <laughs> in the original. Uh, it was very hard to disassociate her from just how important she was to the mm. story. Where in this one, she's she's Zach's girlfriend. That's yeah. all she does in the story. Although they it, did, it's nice. It's nice to see her in that. Yeah, they did pull one of those things where I hate when they do this in prequels, where it's like, oh, I want that bow. That bow is cute, and he buys it for her, and that's her iconic <laughs> bow. And it reminds me of that yeah. bit in the Solo movie where he's like, "What's your name?" Han looks around. I'm on my own solo and i'm like no don't suck. there's a lot of that oh, in crisis yeah. core like like a lot of it is the origin of the buster sword which like you wouldn't think that that would be this big whole ordeal like it's just it's cloud's weapon is the buster sword no yeah. there's a whole process for how cloud got that buster sword where he got his uniform like the clothes he wears in final fantasy 7 it never occurred to me that was a soldier uniform i thought that was just cloud's clothes yeah. no that is actually the assigned shinra uniform for soldier <laughs> first class and there's a really inexplicable way that cloud ends up wearing it <laughs> i know i think yeah don't think about that too much because it's yeah. like makes ending a bit weird crisis core it is what it is it's not the worst thing it's not the most amazing thing but i still yeah. enjoy playing it but i still would rather play seven for the hundredth yeah. time yeah. i think yeah final fantasy seven fans i think will get the most out of it and yet mm-hmm. I'm speaking as a Final Fantasy VII fan. Yeah. A lot of the stuff in this game, Genesis, just annoys <laughs> the hell out of me. <laughs> Didn't you know Genesis likes bananas? <laughs> Dumb apples. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like a whole mailing system. When, yeah. And they all have smartphones. Well, they have flip phones, not smartphones. They, they have flip phones. So the email is big. <laughs> because they actually sold... Well, the the flip phone Cloud had in Advent Children was a real product which you could buy. So they just decided to keep that in. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they make a new one. <laughs> At, when Crisis Core came out, like the Matrix was still new oh, and exciting. God, yeah. and, like, you remember the flip phones in, in yeah. the, the Matrix? Those were a thing for a while. They're back now, too. They're oh, back in Pog 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, sounds like you liked it a lot better than I did. Uh, yeah. How how far along are you on the missions? I did, like, about a third of them. There are a, a 300 total, so I did about a little under 100. I'm at 31%. I, I just reached a point where I just wanted to focus on the story because I, I knew that I was leveled up enough to finish it. And the missions do, like, arch up in difficulty a lot higher than the mm-hmm. story does. And I was kind of tired of grinding to catch up to where the missions were at so i just i kind of quit doing them when i hit 31 percent uh how far along are you i've done most of them that i can do at the chapter i'm on because mm-hmm. uh, uh, chapter seven's the cutoff point yeah like, and yeah there's a whole thing where your sword gains like yeah like your sword <laughs> gains the experience it's a bit confusing i never understood it on the psp and i still don't but there's like a whole thing where in order to 100% it, you have to like fully upgrade the sword. So I, I have, know, and I it, have and to it, do all of it. <laughs> it levels up so slowly too. Yeah. Like, as I said, when I got that far, I just started playing to the rest of the game. But still, when I got to the end of the game from the point you get the Buster Sword, which actually is surprisingly late into the game, mm-hmm. uh, and to the end of the game, I got it less than 1% to 100%. Uh, it takes so long, which is another reason that I just just like, oh, forget it. Let's just <laughs> let's just finish this game and we can move on to the next yeah, thing. Because if you don't really care about the missions, the game's not is quite short. But again, because it, it, it was mm-hmm. a handheld game, and that's kind of how they were when 
that originally came out. Um, so it does make it a bit longer, but then when you hear the same like mission tracks over and over <laughs> and over and see when I play them in theater rhythm, I'm going to be like, because there is crisis core music in that game. I don't know why I'm 100%ing it. It's just like, a th- I just, I, I, I just want to. Just do it because you want to, but yeah. the difficulty of this, like the story it isn't that long. You no. can get through it pretty quick. Like once I sat down and really started focusing on it, I, I did. I finished it in like two or three days. Mm-hmm. The difficulty does arch up. If you mm-hmm. just do the story and you don't do any missions like at all, you will start running into walls. Because uh, even, even I, knowing I was leveled up enough to finish the game, some of the later bosses were pretty meat wally for me mm-hmm. because I, I didn't have... I had like the best magic I could get. I had like dark Blazaga and Thundaga and etc. Uh, but my my physical attacks were quite weak, so that was where I really struggled. Some of the enemies, uh, the fights took many minutes because my attacks yeah. just weren't that strong. And once I was out of magic, I couldn't really deal that much damage. Oh, and because we've talked about it in the past, they did entirely recast all the voices. I realized that as I was mm. playing it. I thought they just reused the same stuff from before. But no. then I, I reached a point where Yuffie is in this game, surprisingly. And yeah. Yuffie says, like, that's why I'm the goat. And I was like, what goat? <laughs> Nobody was saying that in 2007, whenever this came out. Yeah. I was like, oh, they updated the script and they re-recorded stuff. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no one's bad. It makes me a bit sad because I do want a remaster of Drudge of Cerberus and like I said earlier Steve Bloom is in it and he's like what, like my favourite voice actor and he has said that he, they've recasted him in general so he won't ever be Vincent again and a lot of them are quite upset about not you know this characters a lot of them have voiced in loads of all the spin-offs and Advent Children so it's, it's quite sad but it was to make it the same people that were in the remake 7 remake so it makes sense but also Still annoys me. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, you liked it better than I did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like I I I'm at a paradox. I'm like only Final Fantasy VII players should like this, but Final Fantasy VII players won't like the primary villain. <laughs> so yeah, I guess it, I'm saying, yeah, uh, pass on this one. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, you don't you don't need it to enjoy Seven. And you know what? If you can, don't play the re- Seven remake either. You don't need that <laughs> to enjoy Seven. In fact, it'll probably ruin it a little bit. <laughs> I haven't played the remake yet. I'm sure I will at some point. Oh. I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see if they actually finish all three of them because uh, I, like I twenty years time, <laughs> maybe in twenty years because yeah. you know, it's it's Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be really interested in what you have to say on it. Actually, I've heard so much about it already. I don't know how much my opinion would really change. I would mm. just play it just to just so I could have an informed opinion versus mm. just a, this is what I heard and this is what sounds right to me. But anyway. Uh, not a real high priority for me. I I would rather replay the original before I play the yep. remake. <laughs> Same. So what are we playing in the coming week? Rosalie, let's start with you. Um, more theater rhythm, but also I downloaded the demo to that game that you're excited for. Is it Sea of Stars? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a free demo out, so I'm going to try that too. As I said last episode, I'm... I don't really care about yep. demos unless I, unless I need to be sold on the game. Sea of Stars, I don't need to be sold on that. <laughs> Just give it to me. <laughs> uh, and I'll be playing a new side-scrolling adventure platformer, Eldorand, Ooh. next week. So tune in for that. And hopefully Sylvia will be back with us. I know she has finished Xenoblade Chronicles 3 and Metroid Prime Remastered. Thanks for listening to this episode of Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, and other podcast services. Make sure to check out our sister shows, PlayState and Power of X. And be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively the community. You can follow us on Twitter and at GamePodular.com for updates, news, and other content. Links to all of our socials may be found at linktree slash gamepodular. That's linktr.ee slash gamepodular. If you'd like to support our shows, you can buy us a coffee or become a Game Podular Patreon. The details of both are on our website. Thanks in advance. 
This episode was edited by me, and you can follow me on Twitter at PlayCritically and read my long-form reviews at PlayCritically.com. And Rosalie can be found on Twitter at LittleRecordGirl. That's L-I-L Record Girl.